Hello, my friends. I am Paul White. This is Paul White Ministries podcast. Specifically, it's the Deeper Daily podcast. Seven days a week, we walk through the Word. We are currently wrestling with Jacob and the angel, Jacob and the man in Genesis 32. It's the fourth day of March here on the podcast. It's a Friday. It is not going to be long-form Friday. It's just going to be me talking about this story and heading into the weekend one week until my next meeting on the road, I would love to see you in the Westminster, South Carolina region. That's right around the uh, Auburn University region. We're going to be there next weekend, the 11th, 12th, and 13th of March, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning at the um, at uh, Temple of Hope and with Pastor Jamie Groover. Details on my website. Check it out. Uh, Tabernacle of Hope. I'm sorry. I knew when that came out of my mouth that didn't sound right. Tabernacle of Hope. Next weekend in Westminster. PaulWhiteMinistries.com slash schedule if you're going to be in the area. Come see us. All right. Jacob. You are Jacob no longer. When the day breaks, God pops the hip out of socket, affects the walk. You'll never be the same again. What's your name? And Jacob says, Jacob. There's a little bit of self-admission there. Own up to it. What's your name? Jacob. You got to say it out loud. You got to say, I'm the cheater. I'm the schemer. There's, There's a bit of salvation in this. Confess the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. There's a piece of I verbalize who I am. That's what verbalization at salvation is all about. I don't mean that if you don't say it out loud, you're not really saved. Those are not those are the semantics I used to get into arguments over. But there is a proclamation that Paul, as Paul said, we say it because we believe it. Um, and so part of the salvation experience is owning up to what you are, your your failures, your faults, your deficiencies. What's your name? Jacob says, Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. If you have some Bible translations or or chain reference Bibles or center column reference Bibles, it will tell you the meanings of the names. And many of those Bibles will say Israel means prince with God. I came up in a environment where this is how we interpreted Israel. Israel is the prince and that when Jacob wrestled, he went from a cheater to a prince, that God transformed him into a che- from a cheater to a prince. I don't know where they got it. It doesn't make sense in the Hebrew, and it certainly doesn't make sense contextually. Because the context is, I'm going to call you Israel because you've struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Why in the world would it be, I'm going to call you prince because you got in a wrestling match and won? No, I'm going to call you Israel, he who contends with God, because you just contended with God and you won. Israel's very character is that they contend with God and they keep contending with God. They keep wrestling with God all the way through the wilderness, all the way into the promised land. Our heritage is a contention with this great big God. Even into Christianity, we keep wrestling with the idea of God. We keep trying to figure out what he's like and who he is. 
And if we're not doing that, we're not really contending with anything. So part of it is, yes, contending with me. Part of it is contending with God. That's the Israel part. I have wrestled with something bigger than myself. I'm wrestling with God. Don't think you have to have all the answers. Okay, so you don't know the solution to these deep theological questions. That's okay. Contend with it. You can even say, I don't know. You can say, yes or no. You can say, I don't know. You don't have to land on an answer. And be pliable. I think the greatest gift that a pastor can give to his church is a visual example of someone who is actively following Christ and changing. And I think when we refuse to do that as leaders because we're afraid people won't believe in us, we set them up for failure the first time they come up against something they don't understand. We don't have to be rock solid and have all the answers. Saying I don't know is okay. And I think sometimes our fear is, well, if I don't give them the answer, they're going to go look for it from someone else. And what if they like that other guy better than me? Or they like that other woman better than my ministry? Goodness. That's a big, broad table. Let you know people go feast. I, I figure you're listening to the Deeper Daily Podcast. You, you, you probably listen to something else. You probably belong to a local church. You probably hear other sermons. You read other books. You don't just read mine. You don't just hear me. And it's that broad, that broad palette's okay. Let's be pliable. Let's let people see that we don't have all the answers. But we contend and we go back in the, the arena. Jacob then asks in verse 29, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. This, this disturbed me for a while. I go, Jacob asked God to tell him his name and God won't. Because, I mean, God, God doesn't say no, but he says, why do you want to know my name? And Jacob moves on. So I jumped into another story to try to find out if it happens elsewhere. It does. Later in Israel's history, when you get into the book of Judges, you've got Manoah and his, his unnamed wife. I'm sure she actually had a name, but Judges doesn't choose to tell us what it is. Um, Manoah has a barren wife. She she can't bear children, so she, he and her go to the Lord, and an angel visits Manoah and says, your wife's going to have a son. Um, don't put a razor on his head. Don't let him drink wine. This is where we get the phrase Nazarite. Um, and so Manoah entreats the Lord. Um, let me know that it's you. Confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. This is that famous moment where... Um, Manoah's wife, Manoah freaks out after the angel leaves and goes, we're going to die. And Manoah, Manoah's wife says, well, why would the angel come tell us we're going to have a kid if he's going to kill us? You know, common sense. Um, it's also, she was wiser than her husband. She could see what he couldn't see. A lot of good stuff there. But what really, what I want to focus on is that Manoah asks the Lord to stick around for a while and then Manoah says in Judges 13, 17, what is your name so that we can honor you when your words come true? He's basically asking God, hey, what's your name? But the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? It's too wonderful. Listen to that. Why do you ask my name? It's too wonderful. So this is what I'm thinking. In the Genesis account where Jacob wrestles with the angel and he says, what's your name? God doesn't even really respond then later in Judges, when a man asked God his name, he goes, listen, it's too wonderful for you. I just don't think we were prepared 
to see the fullness of God until we get to Jesus. And we're not even really prepared for Jesus. In fact, we were so offended by Jesus, we felt more comfortable putting him on a cross. As you look into the eyes of that kind of perfection, you either got to change or you got to kill it. We chose to kill it. Now let's choose to change. More from Jacob and his angel tomorrow. God bless.